0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr. Thanks so much for tuning in and for listening. And it's so fun to uh, get to talk about record labels. Please go to our website, otherrecordlabels.com, where we have a ton of different resources for people who are thinking about starting a record label, which is what the topic of uh, today's episode is about. Um, and including uh, a giant toolkit that I'm constantly adding new things to. And you can download that for free at labels com slash toolkit. You know, when you go on Google and, uh, and you can start typing in a, a, a question or something and then it auto fills the result. But well, one day I was doing some research about record labels when we were doing the book and it said, uh, that somehow I saw this question that said, should I start a record label? And I thought that was such a funny question that somebody would be typing into Google as if, um, they felt compelled to, or, <laughs> or they they felt like their parents were begging them to start a record label for some reason it was just a really funny search cure query query. Um, and, uh, my goodness, but it got me thinking about, Hey, let's do an episode about this because there might be some people who are thinking about that. Um, and I have three things, um, that you should do if you are going to start a record label and listen for my, my my dear listeners who of course already have a record label, which I know is 95% of you or, or so, um, keep listening because there, this is, um, going to apply to you as well. Um, there's some interesting things I want you to consider um, that we can always do to to improve how we run our existing record labels. Um, the question should I start a record label? Well, the first question I would ask you is, are your parents rich? Because if so, then sure, yeah, definitely do it. No, I'm joking think, think of this though. Ask yourself this. Are you a fan of music? Uh, a big fan. Um, have you been early to shows in that awkward window, you know, even before soundcheck, uh, have you spent money on records instead of, uh, rent? <laughs> have you, uh, were you making, this was me, were you making mixtapes, uh, in high school for your friends, even if they didn't ask for it or, or mix CDs or, or um, uh, for me it was tapes. Uh, and then eventually CDs, a friend of mine got a CD burner, but that was like, very expensive back then. Um, And now I'm sure people make playlists for people. Do you read the liner notes? I can't tell you how many of our our guests and myself included uh, have been obsessed with liner notes. Uh, You know, if, if, if any of these sound familiar, then yeah, of course we should start a record label. You, I don't think, and this is the whole ethos of this show and of, of the other record labels community is that the, the gatekeepers of old are gone or they're still there, but they're just really pissed off now that they're not effective and anyone can start a record label and anyone can start a record label based off of any, um, ethos or aesthetic or genre or, um, set of values. Um, you don't have to, you know, back in the, 50, 60, 70 years ago, you would start a record label because you invented a piece of technology. You invented a a way to record someone's voice and then to play that back. And so you needed to sell more um, reasons for people to buy this big machine, right? And so that's why you started a record label. Well, of course... We're, we're, years and years and decades away from that. And so people start record labels for different reasons. There are other types of people out there who are starting record labels, not just huge music fans. Um, DIY musicians. We hear that all the time. People who are um, doing their own releases and self-managing their careers and, and trying to learn manufacturing and distribution and marketing on their own. And they're like, and this was me. Once you figure that out, you're like, I should share that with my friends or or other bands and and artists I care about. I've also heard from people who own recording studios. We have a lot of people in our community who own recording studios. And they hit this point where they produce a great record with a band. The band pays them to record this great record. And then they're sad when they see that album or that single release and nothing happens. Or a band doesn't know what to do once they've received the masters and they just kind of let it trickle out for free on Bandcamp. And so I've heard from engineers and producers who own recording studios where they think, I want to help the artist um, do a better job at releasing that record. And so a record label forms from that standpoint. I've also heard people who work at record stores or at pressing plants, and they've learned a lot about the industry and they have some sort of unique insider information, and that inspires them to start a record label. So there's so many groups of people out there. Uh, who are starting record labels. And I think it's incredible. And what I think is happening is that when you have someone who was a specialist at a pressing plant and now they're starting a record label, that's going to be a very unique label. If you have a publicist who worked for a PR agency who is now going to go out on their own and start a record label. I know people who are at huge labels who are starting small labels on the side. And so all of these scenarios bring with it such a unique value value uh, proposition for their audience. I just think it's so cool. If you do start a record label, if you have started a record label, I want you to make sure you do these three things and I'm going to go through them quickly. I don't want to waste your time. Number one is to do it differently. I got this idea, um, from my friend, uh, Katrina from Loretta records who we've had on the show. She reminded me that independent record labels essentially, uh, were, were born out of uh, a response to the terrible, uh, cliche major labels that we're all familiar with from the seventies and eighties and nineties. And even into the two thousands where they wasted money, where they had no regard for the artists, where they had no regard for the fans as well. They were, um, you know, making records on vinyl and then tapes and then CDs and then digital, just trying to replicate and, and to repurpose and they would make compilations and they would just try to milk the fans and milk the masters for all they're worth. Really no regard for anybody else in the process. And I thought this was really interesting that, you know, indie labels came out as a response to that to say, no, you're, we're going to respect artists. We're going to respect the retailer. We're going to respect uh, the all of the people, the photographers and, and the engineers and everybody involved in in, in making the records and we're going to respect the fans and working. Um, what's the term? Sim, symbiolic, sim, sim, symbiolic, sim, simba. I'm going to have to <laughs> overdub. I can't think of that word, but you know what I mean? You can fill in the, in the blanks for me. Um, And so I think I want to encourage you, if you are going to start a record label, just to make sure you do it differently. Set out from the very beginning, even jot down a rough mission statement. It doesn't have to be a forward-facing mission statement. It can be something just internal for you and for the people you're working with. And just to say, we're going to do things differently. Maybe you even see independent record labels who operate today that you don't love or that you think they do it in such a way that could be done better. And so maybe you're going to write that down and say, we're going to do it differently, not only from the, the terrible labels of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, but we're going to do it differently from, the labels today that we see, or, or, or this is our unique way of doing things. This is what we value. And this is what we are going to make most important for our record label. Number two is to be transparent. Uh, I'm a broken record when it comes to being transparent. And you think back to those labels, how opaque they were. And artists had no idea how much money was being uh, spent um, against their account. I remember a friend of mine was being courted by a record label and they were taken out for dinner by this A&R uh, representative and they ate at this fancy restaurant and the bill was close to about a thousand bucks. And on, when the receipt came, the a representative wrote on the back of this receipt, another band's name, a band, like a really popular band. And the reason that the rep did that was that so that the expense of that dinner would be charged against uh, a bigger band who wouldn't notice the expense. Uh, this, I, I can't remember if this was a friend of mine who told me this, uh, cause I, 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 had a friend who was in, in the nineties, um, being courted by some labels. I don't remember if it was that, or if this is just from a movie <laughs> or something, but either way, I'm, I'm fairly certain it sh- it's true. It could have been a story from a story, but anyway. Those are the type of uh, opacity actions that used to happen with some of the older cliche major labels. And it's something that we need to do differently as independent record labels. So we want to be transparent with our finances. We need to be transparent with our abilities. So, uh, and our lack of abilities. So when we're working with an artist, we need to be upfront and say, look at this, these are my areas of expertise. These are the areas that I am passionate about. But also these are the areas that I'm not passionate about or I'm not qualified or I'm not very good at being transparent through the whole process and also being transparent with your activities. So making sure that when uh, a band says, you know, did you even promote that record we released? I don't, you know, nothing happened. And you can say, yeah, here's a list of all the things, all the pitches that we did and they didn't work. And so being proactive and, and being transparent in that way with the different things that you've done. Uh, to show the artists that you're working for them, and the final thing is this: to be patient. It's a long game, and an un—you need to have this unwavering commitment to the to this long game. And and I know this is something that most people don't like to hear. Perseverance, patience is such a a fluffy topic, um, but it really is the most important thing. And I've had this opportunity to to interact with so many different record labels over the years, and to hear their stories. <clears throat> and when you know when we do a forty-five minute episode with a uh, with a record label, they will often say like, uh, "I remember in the first year we I racked up all this credit card debt, and in the second year we we did a record that did decent, and we finally broke even on that record as our first record, but we still had all this debt. And then year three and year four, all of a sudden, in like a thirty second recollection of the the first five years, they talk about how hard it was, and then maybe year six is when they started to break ground, and. It's interesting because when you're listening to a bio or you're reading an autobiography of someone, it might take up a paragraph to cover five years, but we know that one week can be really uh, straining and, and and stressful. And uh, we know that our first year we can look back and say, how come these big things didn't happen for us? And so to be successful as record labels, you really need to be patient. So start a label if you have uh, plan to do it differently um, have a commitment to transparency, and you need to have the power to persevere. Be listen to this: be impatient with actions, and be patient with results. Let me say that again: be impatient with actions, meaning work really hard, but be patient with results. They come a lot slower. I hope you found this helpful. If you are thinking about starting a record label, if you are one of those people in the lists of different groups that I mentioned at the beginning, please do start a record label. We are here to support you. Our community on Facebook, uh, uh, all of the labels that we get to interact with on Twitter are here to support you. It's a great time to do it. Go to otherrecordlabels.com slash toolkit to get um, our resource pack that has a bunch of different resources for record labels. Should you start a record label? Yeah, of course.